welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. A happy ending, a sad breakup, an onion chopped into pieces, all of these can trigger your tears. Now, tears serve many purposes, and your eyes produce them all the time. In fact, they say that we produce 15 to 30 gallons of tears each year. Our tears are essential to help us see clearly and maintain the health of our eyes. They can also help to communicate our emotions. Tears are not just saline. They have a similar structure to saliva. They contain enzymes, lipids, metabolites, and electrolytes. Now, on today's program, we're going to look at the parable, the parable of the sower. I like to call it the parable of the soil. This parable occurs in three of the Gospels. You can find it in Matthew, Mark, and in Luke. There are no parables in John's Gospel. I'm going to bring some of the ideas that are found in the other two Gospels, even though we're going to read the parable from the Gospel of Luke. We're going to begin in Luke chapter 8, starting at verse 4. When a large crowd had gathered together and people were coming to him from every city, he told this parable. A sower went out to sow his seed, and as he sowed, some fell along the path and was trampled down, and the birds of the air devoured it. Some fell on a rock, and as soon as it sprang up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. Yet some fell among the thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other seed fell on good ground and sprang up and yielded a hundred times the amount sown. When he had said these things, he cried out, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. His disciples asked him, what might this parable mean? He said, to you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of God, but to others they are in parable, so that seeing they may not see, and hearing they may not understand. Now the parable means this, the seed is the word of God. Those along the path are those who hear. Then comes the devil who takes away the word from their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. Those on the rocks are the ones who, when they hear the word, receive it with joy. But these have no root, for they believe for a while, and then, in the time of temptation, fall away. That which fell among the thorns are those who, when they have heard, go out and are choked with the cares and riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit to maturity. But the seed on the good ground are those who, having heard the word, keep it in an honest and good heart and bear fruit with patience. Now, I wonder if you caught the sadness that hangs over this story we've just read. You know, in preparation for this message, I read the parable in Matthew, in Mark, and in Luke time and time again. And I've come to the conclusion that no one can really understand this parable unless they read it with a broken heart. 
Whenever you read this story, you must see the tears in the eyes of Jesus. When you see the tears, then you will begin to understand it. Now, you may be asking, well, why should we see tears in the eyes of Jesus? Well, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to try to make it as clear as I possibly can. Now, when did Jesus tell this story? Because that's very important. Did you notice that a great crowd of people came to him from every city? He is at the high point of his ministry. The, the crowds are flocking to him. Over in Matthew's gospel, it tells that the place that this story was told was right on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. So Jesus, if you can picture, had his back to the water of the lake. It's a freshwater lake. And the crowd was so pressing him, trying to get closer and closer, it finally becomes necessary for Jesus to commandeer a boat. He commandeered this boat, he gets into the boat, and he presses just a little ways off the shoreline. And this way, he wouldn't be overcrowded, if you can get the picture. The fact that the crowd was pressing close to him showed that at this point that he was telling this story, he was exceedingly popular. And so you would think that in their eagerness to learn that, that which Jesus had to teach, that Jesus would simply be elated, that he would be filled with enthusiasm. Finally, finally, I've accumulated a crowd of people that are following me. Well, if Jesus had been like any other man, I think he could have pointed to the crowd and said, well, now I've got the people hearing. The dikes are bursting in these people's hearts. I have come to kindle a fire on earth and look how it's burning already. If he was like any other man, he would be enthusiastic with his own success. But nothing like that happened here. The disciples... Well, they had stars in their eyes as their master, whom they loved, was able to draw such crowds. But now Jesus tells this story and he completely turns everything upside down again, as he was always doing. And the gist of the story can be said to be this. Listen, most of what I'm doing here in the end is going to be meaningless most of the seed that I am scattering here and there and everywhere is not going to do any good at all. So don't get deluded by outward appearances. Most of the divine seed that I am scattering here is going to be destroyed in one way or another in their lives. Much of what I'm trying to accomplish will be destroyed by stony hearts, by the heat of the sun, by choking weeds, by predatory birds that will come and eat up the seed that, that I'm trying to scatter. I mean, isn't that what he said in this story? He said there are different kinds of soil, and he made it plain. And if you noted at the end of the message... We read there in Luke 8, in the 15th verse, he said that this soil represents human hearts. 
And there are some human hearts that receive the word of God and the seed, he said, is the word of God. He said there are some human hearts that receive the word of God with gladness. And some don't, obviously. Now, what is the spiritual implication here? Number one, the hearer of the message has the power to destroy the effect of the gospel. We have, you have, I have the power within ourselves. I have it within myself. You have it within yourselves to destroy the effect of the gospel. Or you have the power to bring it to fulfillment. Whether the harvest is born is not the fault of the sower. The Lord is a perfect Lord. Whether the harvest is harvested is not the problem with the seed. The word of God is infallible. It's perfect. Why? Why doesn't the seed of the sower bear fruit then? Because the problem is in the soil. The soil is obviously the heart. You see, there are different ways to accept the word of God. And the result of the harvest depends on the hearer. So in a sense, if I, if you, if you would allow me, that's why the title of this parable, while it's ordinarily called the parable of the sower, and in effect it's true, but really in its finality, it is the parable of the soil. It's not the parable of the preacher. It's the parable of the congregation. It's not what I say that is so important, even though that it is truth. But it is important how you receive what I say and what you do with what you received. And because the power is within you, it is within me. Think about that. Now, I want to look into our own hearts and we must ask ourselves, well, what is my relationship to the word of God, the seed? The story tells about some who, the seed that falls upon the pathway. Now, let me just clear up a point here. This pathway, this is not a wide road that leads from one city to another, but rather it's a narrow pathway that would lead from one field to another. You know, just think of it this way. There's a field on the right and there's a field on the left. And this pathway is where the workers walk. So this pathway is like it's beaten down by the feet of the workers. It's not part of the field, right? It's the pathway. It's, it's hard. It's it's sterile, it's beaten down, you know, it's smooth. Now, what is the application of the concept of the pathway of which Jesus speaks? Well, there are some people who are like a busy street. There's never a moment's rest. There's always something going on. And the word of God is not able to find a place in their hearts because their lives have been pounded into hardness that they're not able to receive the seed. There's just, 
like there's literally no time in the busy pathway for the type of life for the word of God. There's just no place for it. I, you know, I'm just too busy to come to church. The word of God cannot find lodgment on a beaten path. Let's take another look at our parable. The Lord said that some of the seed fell by the wayside and the birds came and ate it. Well, what does that mean? Well, there's another factor here. The effect of the seed is not only determined by our lack of spirituality, it is also affected by the forces that are outside of ourselves. Jesus called them birds. These are the forces outside of ourselves and they come and they pick up that divine seed and they prevent its germination. You see, we must determine for ourselves what the birds may be in our lives. You know, the birds that are picking up the word of God and destroying its influence in our lives. We have to look into our own hearts and say, well, well maybe really, maybe I'm one of those birds destroying the word of God in the lives of somebody else. Right? Other people. How can we resist these birds? Well, I think there's some implications here that in order to resist the influence of the birds, that seed has to be planted very deep, doesn't it? Any surface work is going to be found and picked out. It's got to go into the ground. It's got to go down deep. That's why the word of God has got to be more than a jingle. It's got to go down deep into our hearts. So what else do we see here in this parable? Well, watch this. The word of God is extremely demanding. It does ask of the soil something. The soil furnishes something. The word of God... The power is in the word of God and the word of God must draw from the soil. And that does bring some tension in the soil. You see, it asks for something. So what is the word of God asking of you? Well, like any seed in the ground, it asks for time. Time in which the word of God alone is our companion. The word of God does make de demands upon our time. You see, you can't study the word of God with one hand on the Bible and the other on the doorknob. The word of God must become our total concern. So we must meditate upon the scriptures and take time to do it and constantly apply the lessons to our own lives. Jesus said some of the seed fell on rocky soil. It was shallow. And of course, it didn't take long for that thing to bear root. But the root couldn't go deep enough in order to build anything very solid. You know, we have a lot of emotional Christianity in the world today. Christianity that is based on a feeling an emotional reaction. You can turn it off like a water faucet. You know, 
we can be stimulated emotionally and walk out and in a few minutes, your emotions have completely changed. You see, Jesus did not appeal to the emotion. The Christian faith is not built upon emotion. It is built upon the foundation of the word of God. It appeals to the judgment. It appeals to reason. Jesus said, he that hears my words and does them is like a man that built his house upon a rock. It's solid. It's, it isn't blowing like the wind of emotion. You see, we, let me put it this way, we do the word of God, not feel it. Even though there's a joy in it, and there's peace in it, and there's hope in it. You see, then Jesus brought up the matter of the thorns, and let's see what that means. Jesus said that, you know, hearing the word of God is easy. It's not difficult to come and listen. But bearing fruit, well, that's something else. These thorns, Jesus said, are the cares of this life. You know, I've got to do this and I got to do that. I got this care. I got that care. What are these thorns that spring up? And what did these thorns do? See, what is happening is that the thorns are drawing the nourishment from the heart. The nourishment that belongs to the word is drawn up and is being utilized by the thorns that don't do anything but hurt somebody else. We are the soil. Our heart is the soil. Where are we spending our strength? What do we give our utmost concern? What occupies our thoughts? If it can be said of us that my mind is captive, like Luther said, my mind is captured by the word of God. Where do we spend our time? What occupies our attention? What are your concerns? Finally, the Lord closes with a fourth example. 75% of his examples are negative. This parable is deadly serious. Jesus says there's a 75% loss. But then the Lord says something about the good soil. And what does that represent? Well, it represents those hearts that take the word of God seriously. Like, what are you living for? I mean, there are some people that live only for self. And that's where the difference lies. You see, you cannot scatter the perfume of happiness without getting a little bit on yourself. Jesus said that the Christian life and the greatest way to live is in living for others. And it's in that living for others that we ourselves really find what life is all about. And we ourselves, in turn, will find the maximum happiness in life. That's what it means to take the word of God seriously. The word of God must always result in action. A seed planted into a life will do something. It's not going to just bless the soil. It's going to come up and it's going to be a blessing to others. 
Others are going to receive the ultimate benefit of this harvest. So I guess if I were to put this whole parable into a single statement, it would be this. The entire purpose of life is to take the word of God into the very center of our being and nourish it with all our being that it may bring forth fruit unto eternal life. And let nothing happen. Nothing, no matter how seemingly important. Let no one, no matter how great they may be, steal away your seed or its nourishment. Let nothing, nothing grow in your life that would uproot the seed of God. For herein are the issues of life. Let us pray. Our gracious God, loving Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness and your mercy, your willingness to scatter your seed and as it is scattered upon our lives, may it find good soil that will nourish it, that will cause it to grow and bear fruit, and others may see the results of your word germinating in our lives. Bless each and every viewer, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we've come to that time in our program where we have our special offer. On each and every broadcast, we like to make some resources available to you, our viewers, uh, just to help you in your spiritual journey, better understand God's will for your life. Uh, these offers are made available through the generosity of our donors. And so if you're hesitant to reach out, because you're afraid that at some point we're going to send you an invoice and charge you for these, you can rest assured we will never do that. The offers arrive in your home, postage paid. They come in the mail. Uh, you'll never receive an, an invoice. There's no obligation whatsoever on your part. On uh, today's program, we're doing maybe something a little bit different. I have a, a series of resources here we'd like to make available to you. Uh, one of them is a Signs of the Times magazine called The Benefits of Belief. We'd love to send that to you. We've offered this before. It's, uh, there's some very interesting articles in there. And we have a couple of tracks that I'd like to send you multiples of. Uh, one of them talks about 25 Old Testament prophecies fulfilled in the life of Jesus. And the other was called Steps to Peace in Life. Uh, we'd like to send you these three things. These tracks, I'm going to send you multiple copies of these because I will ask you to share those with your friends and family also, okay? So how do you get these? Well, there's gonna be some information that's gonna appear on the screen for you. You can call in or you can, uh, you can request them online. If you choose to call in, we sometimes get inundated with calls and we just don't have enough volunteers to take all the calls, so you, you'll get the answering service. If you get the answering service, do me a favor. Leave your name and your address. Enunciate as best you can. 
And this way it just speeds up the process for us rather than just leaving us your phone number and asking us to call you back to get the address. That just takes more time. And we use volunteers and so we want to maximize the time that they're there with us. So if you get the answering machine, the answering service, leave us your name and your full mailing address, okay? So if you'd like these, pay attention to the information we're about to share with you. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you could order this offer by calling our 1-800 number at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Well, we've come to the end of another Lessons for Living television program. Thank you so much for uh, spending this time with us. We truly appreciate it. And uh, if you would be so kind as if you enjoyed the program, to let your friends and family know so that next time they can tune in also. Um, let me remind you of a few things before we go. One of them is our website, l4ltv.com. All of the programs we have ever aired are accessible on the website. You just have to go where it says previous programs. You click that tab, you'll see that every program is accessible there. And uh, you can go back and watch some of the programs. You can share them with friends and family. Great way to do that. Uh, also on there, you're going to see a tab that says Archived Sermons. And that's a series of messages that I've delivered around the country um, on different topics that folks ask me to talk about. And there's a video presentation and then there's a handout. You can download that and you can use that as a study guide. And you can also share that with friends and family. There's another tab that is the Donate Today tab. And if you feel the Holy Spirit impressing upon you to make a donation to the ministry, well, we would greatly appreciate it and we can sure use the help. We are a charitable organization, so you will get a receipt for income tax purposes. And every penny that is donated goes right back into the ministry. Uh, that's the money we use to pay for the offers and for the airtime where you're watching us right now in the studio that I'm in right now and paying for our crew and all of those expenses that are involved, the postage, right? None of that money comes to myself. Myself, I, I don't, my family, we don't receive any benefit uh, from that directly. And so I, I just wanted you to know that because sometimes folks make some comments about that we're in this for the money. Trust me, this is a labor of love. Um, Instagram, follow me on Instagram every morning, 6.30 a.m. Eastern time. I put out a one-minute devotional video. Great way to start your day. Like our Facebook page, subscribe to our YouTube channel, follow me on Twitter. Our program is downloadable in audio version on SoundCloud. All of those ways that we can stay connected between broadcasts. One more thing before we go. MissionNowCanada.com is the website that uh, covers our overseas humanitarian work. Check that out. 
Uh, you may want to make a donation to some of the overseas work that we do, or maybe even join us on an upcoming mission trip. We are rapidly running out of time. Thank you so much for joining us. We're looking forward to the opportunity to do this again next time. I got to tell you, it won't be the same if you're not here. I look forward to seeing you then. God bless you.